Hi, this is Chris from Two Travel Dads. Welcome back. Hey, and this is Rob. And today we have a special guest with us. She is one of our bestest friends in the whole wide world and somebody we like trips with. Um, everything from camping to hiking, beach houses. We did a yoga retreat together that was awesome. That was fun. We need to do that again. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so this is Kelly. Um, she is also um, our favorite LMP on earth. And has an awesome um, studio that she works out of in White Salmon, Washington. So that's down in the Columbia River Gorge. So beautiful there. It is absolutely gorgeous. And that gorgeous. Oh, hey. Um, and the gorge is kind of the gateway to Eastern Oregon. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the Painted Hills down in Eastern Oregon. Um, had you heard of the Painted Hills before we went? I had because I worked in wine for a while. And so it was always brought up. As far as a destination for wash, uh, sorry, Oregon wine travel. Excellent. I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> uh, what about you? Had you heard about the Painted Hills before we went there? I heard about it. I did not see any pictures of it. Like I heard about it. I was like, okay, Painted Hills. So was it a surprise when we got there and you saw what it was? No, because I know about Google. So I decided oh, to actually do some research. And I looked. I'm like, oh, that looks like a really great place to go see. Let's go see it. But it's totally different in person than it is. It was a delightful surprise. Yeah. I loved it. It was absolutely amazing. So let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about it. So the Pain Hills are, <clears throat> to get there, it is about two hours east of Bend, Oregon, which is an awesome destination. We need to record a podcast about that too. I love Bend. He so nods his head yes. So many breweries. So many breweries. Oh, oh we've got a great blog post about it's that It's a too. delicious place. It, it is, is a delicious Lots place. Of good food. Skiing is also fun. Um, I'm going to get you on the slopes at some point. Maybe. You'll see. But anyway, so... Uh, Pain Hills is two hours east of Bend. It's an hour east of Prineville. Um, it's really in the middle of nowhere, but it's, it's awesome. And, and don't forget, it's also very close to Mitchell. Oh, Mitchell. so Mitchell, Oregon is the gateway to the Pain Hills. <laughs> Mitchell. I, yeah. Population like 17? I don't know. 40? I was going to say 40. What about the ghosts? 40? Do maybe? they count? The ghosts. It's a ghost town. No, well, no, the Clearly. ghost town was Shanico. That's a different. That's a different thing too. So Mitchell was a big town. Mitchell was a big town. Shanico was a ghost. town. We were thinking town. big in terms of like maybe forty-five people. Okay, forty-five. Got yeah. It. Thank you. So, um, good times. Anyways, so that is where the Painted Hills are. So if you need to Google it, there's going to be a map in the show notes. But you can just what? Oh, nobody could see my hand wave, meaning it's available through any Google search. You'll find Painted Hills, Oregon. In but the, we want to discourage you from Googling everything because Google is trying to undermine the rest of us who do this work. And it's not always right. And it's not always right. You it's may. not always but we right. are. You heard about our one. If you if you listen to our Nova Scotia episode, you heard about Google taking us down a snowmobile oh. route and making us um, go down a, a road that caused us to get towed out of. So yeah, it is not always right. Google is not always right, and that's why you should just follow along with the blog and the podcast. The people who know from the people who've been there. Yeah. Right. So, anyway, so Mitchell is where the Painted Hills are. It is a part of, it's actually part of a National Park Service site. So it's part of John Day um, Fossil Beds National Monument. Um, we'll record another podcast about the rest of the monument, but we're going to just talk about Painted Hills today. Oh, we should go back there, though, because you guys didn't get to do the, um, the Blue Basin. No, we did not. We got to join you for a day of hot sunshine and tons of arrow leaf balsam root flowers, which was such a treat. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, good times. It was really hot that day. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so the Painted Hills. So getting there, 
Um, cool thing is John Day Fossil Beds National Monument. It is it's a free national park site, which is super nifty. Um, the first place that you would stop is going to be the Painted Hills Overlook, uh, which is it's basically when you think of the Painted Hills, it's how would you describe it? Would you describe it as like a, a big huge wedding cake? Would you disguise? Disca- disca- I can't I'm even sorry, speak. What? Would how would you describe? <laughs> You don't. You guys don't have to be here. I can talk about this on my own. You could. Fine with all of us. Uh, I describe it as mul- multiple layers of Jello. Okay, see, that's yeah, why I'm asking. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Like church Jello, like ambrosia, or like Jello, like no, retirement maybe center. Like cherry, lime, banana. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I love artificial yeah. banana. Yeah. Lie. And then kind of repeat those colors. I think. It's. It is. It's like a bunch of. What would be a tan Jello? Jello, maybe caramel. <laughs> okay, that's Toffee. good. Yeah, or dulce de leche. I think that dulce could be another layer. I don't. Okay. Are those actually favorite. types of Jello? It doesn't matter. Okay. So the point of all this it's is colorful. that yes, the, it's colorful. The hills are colorful. They are layers and layers. It they are striations from millions of years of geology happening. Everything from swamps to deserts, to ice age rolling over and swamps happening again, and then a whole bunch of trees decomposing to make deep reds. Yeah. And it used to be the bottom of the ocean, is that correct? It did used to be the bottom of the ocean. That's right, because, well, we'll get to the fossils yeah, that we found. Yeah, it was an ancient river, floodplain. Oh. Well, that's not the ocean. It's sure. not. However, it's the delta. Okay. Close enough to the ocean. But that's maybe why there's so many fossils there. Oh, and we can talk about the Mitchell plesiosaur at the end. Yes, yes please. please. Plesiosaurs. <laughs> oh. Anyways, okay. Um, so the Painted Hills Overlook, that's basically your starting point for exploring the Painted Hills. It's really easy. All the, tra- all the trails in Painted Hills, uh, the Painted Hills Unit of John Day Fossil Beds National Monument, that's what it's called, Painted Hills Unit, um, all the trails are a quarter mile. Perfect. Okay. My kind of hike. <laughs> and then did we mention the breweries? Right. We're not, not there yet. yet. Oh, sorry. They're but not in, close in to that. all the trails at the same time, they're all protected too, right? I mean, you don't want to hurt the dirt when you're there. Yeah. Don't hurt the dirt is the tagline yeah. of John Day Fossil Beds National Monument. So that is all about three different things. Do you remember what those were? Stay on the trail. Don't leave and don't leave any litter or anything like that and don't take any of the cool fossils even though they're really cool yes exactly you see cool fossils cool rocks all kinds of stuff you can look at them like if you can find the fossils i think right yeah yeah you can look at the fossils but just don't like touch it and you'll know what dirt not to touch because it's so unique and so special and so colorful that's the dirt that yeah. you don't touch it's and loaded with fossils you could see it just from literally they're just on the trail it's like a hill Huge hill of fossils. But we're not there yet. You can look at our outline, and we're not there yet. It's right down there. Just get so excited. I know. So, Painted Hills Overlook, that's where you're going to see the most picturesque views that you are expecting with the Painted Hills. So, that's where it's a just a really mild climb up, and you just look across valleys and just this flat valley floor. And if I recall, and I can even pull up a picture just to refresh our minds of how gorgeous it was um definitely i would say mention the month we were there because the flowers were really a highlight what month were we there i think it was july was it july late july yeah Yeah. okay but yeah so um when we were there we it was very dry and so it was primarily yellow with deep deep reds um 
one of the things that makes the painted hills really cool is when it rains, uh, the colors of the hills completely change. And so they go from like yellow and red to orange and like blood. Blood red. Blood red. And it's just a totally different place. So something else to kind of watch for and look forward to. If you see rain in your forecast for when you're going to visit the Painted Hills, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Just be excited. Yeah, Yeah, Regardless, it's going to be a Martian terrain that you see anyway. Yeah. And if you're a painter at all, definitely bring your painting supplies. It's very inspired. It's a very inspiring place to sit down and take in like you would as a painter. Yeah. And so uh, just kind of a side tip, um, uh, something that National Park Service does is they do artist in residence programs in all the different national parks, including John Day Fossil Beds National Monument. And their artists and residents can really vary from painters to photographers to there was actually um, this fall an amazing textile artist who was working there. And she was actually, um, she was recreating the lifelike textile sculptures (laughs) of the many different fossils that they found there. It's really cool. I'll put a link in the show notes to her work because I think she is amazing. She was recreating the fossil textures? Is that what you No, said? so recreating so there's all these different fossils that they find at the Paint Hills and the Blue Basin, that the whole area. And um her job as artist in residence for her time there was to take the fossils and the different scans that they've done and recreate life size models of the creatures gotcha. whose okay. fossils they found. Oh, cool. So you can actually see what the interesting like saber-toothed cats wow. and weird miniature sloth bear weirdness things were. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really cool. So that would be cool. Be sure that you pop back to the show notes. Where would on I go to-, to find an artist in residence at a uh, national park? That depends. Sometimes they are hanging out at the visitor center. Sometimes they have their own studio space. Um, you can always check on the National Park Service website okay. to get a list of current artists and residents. Sometimes they rotate through and there's a gap between them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they stack up and overlap. Like places like Yellowstone and Yosemite always have oh, one. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. What a dream job. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Yeah, Super cool. Awesome. I feel like we could set up a podcast station there and we could be artists and residents sometime. Okay. Maybe at Olympic National Park since it's in our backyard. Yeah. And then we could help people find your new site. It's true. Travel Olympic Peninsula. That's really yeah. helpful for traveling the Olympic Peninsula. That's true. There's Sounds a lot really of great, great. job cross promoting. A lot of treasures Around out there. Painted Hills. Okay, well we'll oh, get yeah, to it's your always about eating, Chris. I know. Please. Seriously. We'll get to your special moment. We love food. Well, I think everybody needs to eat. Everybody loves a good burger, especially I mean Okay. Veggie or otherwise. <laughs> so we're going to move on from the Overlook area. Um, there's some pictures for you on the site. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but the next spot was the Painted Cove Trail. And it's a it's a boardwalk trail. And I think that it was even more dramatic and bizarre than the Overlooks as we were there and experiencing it. I mean, the, the colors were just... I mean, I think the purple hillsides were the strangest. The lavender. Lavender. Yeah. I was going to say that's the word that was coming to mind, too. Do you remember what made the hillsides lavender? Um, no. It was a small creature that had died there. <laughs> it was oh not gosh. trail or shrimp. That no. Was so in the Painted Cove area, 
Um, I don't remember. You get you get the the juxtaposition. Mm, good word. Yeah. Juxtaposition of there's um, a really beautiful blue lake, and then it's we've not got Tina though. It's not. Oh my gosh! Don't start with that. <laughs> what? Which episode was that we were recording? Anyways, um, it was about the Castillo de San Marcos. Yes. Oh, seriously. Oh, and the cannons. Yeah. Another fun thing to listen Edit. to. No. No, we're just doing this whole thing. Let's okay, just do okay. it. Okay. Um, so, anyways, so the different colors that you see in this particular area, in the Painted Cove area, you've got the lavender hillsides, you've got really deep blue um, lakes around it. And then there's also, depending on the amount of rain they've had, uh, beautiful green fields. Deep orange, deep red, blue sky. Kelly's raising her hand. Seriously, why are they different colors? Okay, so oh, Thank you. did I not get to that? It was no, something you about skipped it. You didn't yeah, explain it why it was the lavender. Iron okay, content, okay. I recall. So the so the <laughs> orange. So we're looking at pictures as we're doing this. The orange was from the iron. The lavender was from ash. So that was one of the things they were ash deposits, okay. and that's what made the purple hills. Um, and then the red was a combination of the iron, the ash, and then the decomposed cypress trees and other types of trees that lived in the swamps of the Delta Plain. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's why you get, because basically all of the deposits and their concentration in these big piles were as, you know, earth was moving and weather was moving stuff, they would just sit and they'd kind of sort out the way that silt and everything does. Interesting. Yeah. So that's yeah. why you get just this one spot where you get a viewpoint of 15 different, distinctly different colors. That's really fascinating. Which is amazing. So the Painted Cove Trail is the best spot to really see it all right next to each other, which I loved it. And it's really magical. It's nice to have the trail too to keep on so you really can be aware of hurting the dirt and not be going willingly. And it's so something that always fascinates me in national parks are the number of people who wander even when there's a clear trail or bears i mean really i lived in jackson hole and people would go up to bears like oh isn't it cute oh like the the surprising way that people would like go after wildlife it's a real animal gotcha yeah Yeah. so yeah stay on the trail that's all i'm saying yeah Yeah. good times good times do you have any thoughts about that no no, it's just interesting when you see people like clearly break the rules and for what reason? Like, don't you want your kids to see this place in the future? Yeah. So what are you doing? Yeah. And so keeping with that thought of leaving it for the future, the um, next trail that we hit up in the Painted Hills unit was the Fossil Leaf Trail, um, where literally fossils on the side of the trail, as you're walking around, there are just, there's um, these piles of shale which, again, what's shale? Shale's ash and mud, I think it is. Or is it just You're mud? Geology. Sure, I agree with you. Geology. Lovely. I concur. You concur. Excellent. <laughs> so um, there's, there's all the shale and these other types of rocks. Schist, perhaps. I like that word. I schist do I not. Do schist. Yeah. Um, with leaf imprints, and in certain places there were um, uh, not snails. What do you call them? Not trilobites. Oh, not trilobites. Oh, no. um, oh gosh. Things what? that were in the schist? That, <laughs> yes, things in the schist. What are the... Um, you never know what you'll find in your schist. Snail fossils. What do you call them? Sorry. Um, Dag, nabbit? Blank. Plankton. Am, ammonite <laughs> is what you call it when you find it in a rock shop. Dem- <gasps> Gastropods. That's I the word. Never have guessed Gastropods. <laughs> 
Anyways, so you can watch for gastropod, gastropod fossils as well. But they all just they just kind of line the trail. And yeah, there's one point where literally there is a naturally formed mound of just fossil, like cracked fossils everywhere. And it's amazing. So thinking about not hurting the dirt and everything, um, you don't want to, even though it seems like there is a plethora of fossils just laying around, you still need to leave them for future hikers and future generations. I remember the really beautiful juniper trees too. I don't know why, but those just are really pretty. They were really fragrant. They were. They were. And so that's something fun to talk about as like a little side note. What does juniper smell like to you guys? Cat urine. Does it? Yeah. What does it smell like to you? I didn't really sniff it. Oh, okay. What do you think? Um, well, gin. And I think it smells nice like pine. Yeah, I think that's right. Because you edit out the cat urine. That's actually not what I feel like. Well, you already Sometimes said it. Sometimes it is, though. Well, bit. and so there's a scientific thing about it with juniper and whether or not you think it smells good like fresh pine or nasty like cat urine. And it's like well, cilantro. Like the people about cilantro. Yeah, it's totally. It's the same thing. It's the same receptors that determine whether or not soap or delicious. Yeah, soap or delicious. Factory system. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, so that you're right, and the um, fossil leaf trail specifically had those the juniper lining it all around. Yeah, those were really pretty. Really cool. Um, and then the last trail that we all did together that, again, all these trails, they're just quarter-mile loops. They're, it's Perfect. the easiest hiking you'll do in any national park ever. Accessibility, you know? Everybody loves a little And hiking. you know what? With all of them, all except for um, – actually, I think all of them were wheelchair accessible so. yeah. except for going all the way to the end of this next trail we're going to talk about, the Red Scar Knot or the Red Scar Knoll. Um, and then the other two units of the John Day fossil bed, fossil, fossil beds, of the fossil beds, of the John Day fossil beds national monument, they also were mostly wheelchair accessible. Yeah, that's good to keep in mind. I forgot about take that. Take grandma and grandpa out on the yeah. stroll, or yeah, it's seriously the most easy and beautiful hiking. Um, but the Red Scar Knoll—that's our final trail we were going to talk about. And what that is is another hill, hill in the middle of nothing that is just a huge deposit of layers of colorful rock. It, minerals. Yeah, minerals, the um, old decayed cypress and redwoods. Um, it is super, It's gosh, it's just beautiful. Without looking, you, you really need to hop over to the website um, just to be able to look at the pictures from spending a day hiking because it's unreal. It's unreal. Otherworldly. It's like being on what you'd think Mars would look like a little bit. It actually, there's the red. There's parts of it that look iron. just like some of the pictures from the Mars rover. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. It really is a. It was a kind of a stunner to me. I hadn't. Um, I didn't really know what to expect other than like the pictures on a couple wine bottles. I liked. But yeah, um, I mean, you've seen pictures, but it's nothing like what you see in real life when you're there, and seeing the really true Martian colors. Um, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's right. One of the other cool things that I really thought was nifty and unique about the Red Scar Trail was the beetle galleries. So the beetle galleries, I just got looks like what? Um, I didn't know it was called a gallery. No, that's what they're heard. called. They are called beetle galleries. Okay. Um, and it's where beetles will lay eggs underneath the bark of different types of trees. And then as the eggs hatch, the larva 
like eat their way out basically. And as they eat, they wind underneath the bark and they leave behind these intricate mazes. And those are called beetle galleries. I did not know that. And the Red Scar Trail in Painted Hills has them all lining the good portion of it at eye level. So you don't even have to try to look for them. As long as you keep your eyes open, you'll just see them. There you go. Beetle galleries, Chris. Uh, Well, I have to rewind (laughs) for a moment to the beetle galleries. But I was thinking, did we really give enough credit to the Blue Basin? I don't feel like we really talked about what made that area unique, did we? Be, you know, because that's a different podcast episode. Okay. Well, we'll give you some um, cautionary uh, tips as you visit the Blue Basin. So now you have to tune in to listen to our episode about the rest of John Day Fossil Beds National Monument. We're going to talk about the Blue Basin. We're going to talk about the Clarno unit or the Claro unit. And then um, what? That was the That was the other hike that we did that had fossils all over it. The fact that it's called a unit also makes me think it's like Martian, you know? Well, it's because the the National Park is broken up into three big sections. Okay. Unit one, two, and three? The Painted Hills unit, the Clarno unit, and the Blue Basin unit. Or the Sheep Rock unit is what it's called. Sheep Rock. But we'll still talk about Blue Basin tomorrow. Yes, we'll still talk about Blue Basin. Don't worry. Clearly, it's something that's super cool and you're going to have to tune in for because it's absolutely beautiful. Um... But moving along from there, so that that is the gist of the hiking um, there at Painted Hills. Um, but let's, I know you really want to talk about food, but before we dig into food, I wanted to just say real quick, talk about where we stayed, because we all got to stay there together, and it was one of the most special random places that we have ever stayed. Um, got a link to it in the show notes. Do you remember what it was called? I Painted Hills House? The Painted Hills Cottages. Thank you. God. Yeah. So it's actually um, this really, It's there's a house, and then there are a couple detached cottages, and there's lots of outdoor space, but it's something you can rent through VRBO, if you like, or you can just contact them directly. Um, it's amazing. There is, you can just rent out the upstairs, and it sleeps anywhere from four to eight people upstairs. There's a whole kitchen and dining room and then the downstairs area has additional actually almost like dormitory space that was probably at least room for at least 15 more people down there like yeah. yeah yeah and you can rent if you want to just like have a family reunion or something the whole space is available to rent it's incredible there's lots of the, the house itself has like three bathrooms and the outdoor space is i think my favorite part of it because you've got this wonderful deck that looks out over the town of Mitchell. We sat out there watching the sunset. We watched the stars. We did some astral photography. Astrophotography. Yeah, that was really pretty. And the little yoga meditation uh, li- room. Yeah. That was really nice. A little yoga studio. There's great art. It's super colorful because, I mean, it's the Painted Hills. You have to be colorful. It's really pretty. It's it's like funky, hippie, yeah. cool. Yeah, really so there's our plug for the amazing place we stayed. And our host was the coolest lady, so... But, great um, books too, huh? lining the walls, all kinds. Oh my of gosh, great there books. were tons of books and yeah. games too. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. But Chris wants to talk about food. Well, it was a great location uh, because it was walking distance to Tigertown Brewery, or Brewery, 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 <laughs> um, which uh, you know was had really great food and really great beer, and they're known for their chicken wings uh, there too as well. So you can get like. Um, you know, the standard like tiger wings, which are the traditional buffalo style or get uh, like atomic ones, which are like really hot. 
Um, but um, but they've got also really good tots, just really good food there. Um, sandwiches, different entrees, like a rice bowl, fish and, fish and chips. Um, they also do vegetarian items too as well. So really good food that's nice and local. And uh, it's always good to know that you're supporting local business. Yeah. So they've got a, a detached food truck that is basically their food kitchen that um, they do all the cooking out of. And it was it was great because we went there actually a couple times. We were there for three nights, four nights. And we ate there honest, twice. Are there any other choices? Uh, yeah, there was two other choices okay. in, in that little teeny tiny town. Yeah, it was tiny. But yeah, no, we went back to Tigertown because it was great after the first night. And why mess with a good thing? Yeah, no, I And they also, um, they make their own beer because they're a brewery. Um, and they don't distribute it beyond right there, really. So we had some really interesting... I had a blueberry wheat ale that was really unique. I had the strangest ginger, I think it was, what was it, ginger jasmine. That's what I was just trying to remember, and I was trying to find it. It's, it was a ginger beer of some kind. So it, was a, it was a ginger IPA, and I thought it was delicious. You didn't prefer it that much, but I, I, no, it really yeah. I got it there the second night. It was one there. of those things where I had to drink it because I ordered it, and I was like, this is so unique, I can't make an opinion until I'm done with the cup. But yeah, but then they also had like good standard beers like lagers and stuff too. So, but yeah. Any other? Sounds delicious. It was delicious. Oh, did you not eat there with us? No, remember we had to leave early. Oh, that's right. That was a bummer. Next time. Yeah, yeah it was there. Sorry, it was their ginger hop ale. Yeah. Um, and that, that was the name of it. And so maybe if, if uh, you end up going there, listeners, um, you'll have a chance to give it a try. I thought it was delicious. Bob thought it was unique. Um, <laughs> yeah. so you can try it and, and, uh, and share your own thoughts. Yeah. Do you have any kind of closing thoughts about the Painted Hills? Any good tips for visiting? Oh, oh my gosh. I don't know how I didn't say this. So within the Painted Hills unit, there are no facilities, um, such as potable water or, um, very important. or bathrooms. There is one bathroom station at the very, very beginning when you first get to the first dirt road. Um, so make sure that you have prepared yourself for that, whether that means that you don't um, pee at all <laughs> or solution, what. I that, that's, that's a good solution. But, I mean, those hiking trails are short. You're not going to be spending all day there. Um, it's a great place where you can visit in the morning, get one light, come back in the late afternoon, get a totally different experience. Um, but definitely you want to make sure you bring enough water for everybody in your group as well as snacks that you pack out as well as pack in because there are not trash bins for you so it's very it's a very self-contained site and you need to be responsible (laughs) our drive there from the columbia river gorge literally and i think this was Mm mid-july we saw three cars oh really so i'm not sure what the number road was but it's a beautiful drive it's two lane and for whatever reason, then it was really easy driving. Well, you come down on what is that? The ninety-five out of the Dalles. Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Yeah. It's the ninety-seven okay. that goes down from the Dalles um, towards Bend, and then you pop over at Prineville, and it's um, it. I mean, there's some zigzagginess to it, but it's a pretty easy drive. If you're coming from Portland, it's just eighty-four, um, the interstate until you get to the ninety-seven, and if you're coming coming from the Seattle area, it's I five to eighty-four to the ninety-seven. So. Yeah, pretty pretty simple. Yeah, it was very beautiful, and it was started to rain as our as we were headed back, and you could watch the mountains change as yeah. you drove by them. That was really beautiful, right at sunset. Yeah. That's so awesome. plan to be driving at sunset, and you get that extra treat of seeing the 
Yeah. Sunset on the Hills is beautiful. Yeah, and when we record the rest of our episodes about John Day Fossilbeds National Monument, we'll talk about some of the other cool stuff like Prineville and the Shanico Ghost Town and stuff like that. So, cool. Hun, do you have any other thoughts? Good to go? <laughs> All my other thoughts are about the next episode, so... Okay. Well, then, hang tight. You can download another episode after this if you want. Otherwise, thanks for being here, Kelly. I know you were so excited to get to record a podcast with Literally. us. Literally. to come back. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Oh, what? You were going to say something else? Nope. I was getting ready to say bye. Okay. <laughs> say goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Two Travel Dads podcast is written by Rob and Chris Taylor and produced by Rob Taylor in Suquamish, Washington. If you would like to be a guest on the Two Travel Dads podcast or would like to sponsor it, go ahead and visit us at bit.ly slash 2TDwork.